Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to season four. That's right, season four of the Left Coasters podcast. We took a long break, I understand, but myself, Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini, we had a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. A little bit peeking behind the curtain, we had a three-year plan when starting this uh, this podcast. Three years we dedicated to it to try and build it and try to build out the L.A. football marketplace. We did our job, we did what we could, and I think we made this show the best it could possibly be. We took a long hiatus because we had to figure out what we wanted to do next, how we wanted to attack this moving forward, and I am very happy to, to to announce that we are back, baby. We are back for season four of the Left Coasters podcast. We are going to change a few things, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a state of the union right now. What we decided is that the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers, as fun, as exciting as they are, they're not going to leave L.A. anytime soon. They're still going to be here. They're still going to be our hometown teams. But we are not going to focus our sole dedication on those two teams anymore. We are still going to follow them. We are still going to root for them because they kind of became our little brothers here. And we are still going to hope for the best for them. But we are not going to dedicate a segment each week to those to those teams. We are still going to cover the NFL in whole. We are still going to play our gravestone games, our pick'em challenges, all that fun stuff. But this show is going to take a little bit of a tweak, a little bit of a change. We are going to focus more on what we've talked about a lot on the show throughout the seasons, especially on my end, and that's the gambling aspect of it all. Recently, gambling became legal in many states. It's becoming legal in many more. I think it's going to take off, and I think it's going to be a nationwide thing very, very soon. And we are going to be at the forefront because your friends, when you go home and you watch football with your friends, with your family, with the guys at the bar, you're going to be talking about lines. You're going to be talking about overs and unders. You're going to be talking about prop bets and future bets and who's going to win the Super Bowl. And we are here to help you not only make money, but sound smart when you're at that bar. We are going to walk you through our best bets each week. We're going to make predictions. We are going to have a game when it comes down to it on who's going to have the most money by the end of the game. But that comes later. You know what this show is all about today and the other show coming out later this week, the AFC and the NFC breakdown. We're going to break it down the only way we know how with the marry, fuck, kill of each division the way we normally do. And starting right now, we are going to have our best bets for you for the season. We are going to make you money. At the end of this podcast, each of us have been assigned to give a couple of best bets out, and we're going to show you what's going to happen. Nostradamus, we're predicting the future, and we've been right a lot on this podcast. You can go back and listen to some of the bold predictions we've made. Now we're going to put money where our mouth is. So Dangles is ready. I am ready. And one more announcement. The man, the myth, the legend. Brian the Ballerina Balzarini gave us three good years on this podcast, became a part of this, and helped us grow. He designed our logo. He designed a lot to have to do with the podcast. He sadly is no longer going to take part in the Left Coast's podcast. He's not gone. He's not disappeared. He's still going to be calling in and doing some fun stuff. He just could not commit to the weekly grind that is this podcast. As Dangles is wont to say, we don't make money on this. It's kind of hard to dedicate your life to it. Brian gave us three good years. He lived out his contract, and he's gone on to greener pastures. So... 
I am very happy to introduce a new third host of the Left Coasters podcast. The reason we are heading in towards gambling, he knows how to gamble. He knows where to put money where his mouth is. He's had two straight winning years as an NFL better. He's going to make it a third with our help, and he is ready to be here. And I'm very excited, Dangles. Very, very excited. We vetted a lot of people. We had a lot of people that could sit in this chair. We wanted a guy who could not only gamble but could talk, and I'm so excited. We still have the Packers fan and Tony Cavallo. We still have the Patriots fan Matt D'Angelo and Tony, and we finally got rid of those fucking Detroit Lions. I'm sick talking about him. I'm okay about it. So let me introduce so, to you, without any further ado, Drew Schaefer Crookston. Welcome to the chair, Drew. So here's the thing. Um, what, what, Dangles? We didn't actually get rid of the Lions fan. What are you talking about? Well, Drew is from Michigan, and uh, he's a Lions fan. So we still have to deal with the Matt Patricia talk, which no, you're going to be wrong. You know, fine, I'm a Patriots fan, great guy, love him, uh, Hope wishing nothing but the best. But, um... Still got, still got the Lions fan. Didn't, didn't actually jettison the Lions fan completely. So here's the thing, guys. I'm uh, <laughs> thrilled to be here. I have a pencil behind my ear right now. Born and raised a Michigan football junkie, and I am indeed a Lions fan. I can't be more happy to be here. I'm thrilled to take the place of Mr. Belzerini, a good friend of mine and a fellow Lions fan. He can tell you, I'm sure if you've known last few years, we're cursed. Uh, so I yep. do apologize, Tony, that that wasn't uh, part of the interview. We might have to... Make an adjustment, but uh, you'll be hearing, you know, I mean, I'm looking forward to another six and ten year. Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. That's the Detroit <laughs> special right there. Drew, in all seriousness, I'm happy to have you here. Do you want to say anything about your love for the NFL, your love for gambling, anything you want to say to let the listeners know who you are filling in this chair? Yeah, I'm just seriously thrilled to be here, guys, with uh, my man Tony and my man Dangles. I am an NFL junkie, more so a football junkie. I've been that way my entire life. I grew up watching Barry Sanders going to the big house at the University of Michigan my whole life. So as you both are very well aware, uh, the weekends from September through the first week of February are dedicated to football. I love this game. I love to make a little extra dollars uh -huh. with some disposable income. Uh -huh. uh, and I'm just thrilled to be here and can't be more happy for the opportunity. So I'm ready to rock, guys. I can't wait either. I cannot wait. I'm very excited to get to this season. I've been itching to do it. I've, I have so many hot takes that I'm ready to give to you guys. I think I know a lot about these teams, and I think I'm spot on on a few of my predictions. We're not going to go through Gravestones today. We're not going to go through the Pick'em Challenge. We have another best bet game that we're going to play. That's for later. That's for the weekly seasons. Tonight is for the Marry, Fuck, Kill breakdowns of the division. The only way we know how it was our first podcast that we ever did, and we love doing it. So let's move forward now. Today is all about the AFC, and let's do the AFC East after this. Left Coasters. Okay, ladies and gentlemen peeps at home. I don't know why I was wanting to say peeps there, but it came out. We are at the, <laughs> the Easter AFC treat? East. The AFC East is here. And we're going to do the Marry, Fuck, Kill podcast a little bit differently than in years past. Instead of getting every host's opinion on these divisions, we're going to go one at a time. Dangles was given the AFC East, and he is about to give us his class presentation on his Marry, Fuck, Kill of the AFC East. Drew and I will sit here and listen silently and try not to make fun of him too much, but then after Dangles is done, me and Drew will say our piece and kind of pepper Dangles with questions on why he thinks the way he does. 
We've all been assigned divisions. We're all going to be given our piece, but the AFC East is Dangles to have. So, Dangles, last year the AFC East was won by the New England Patriots. Surprise, surprise. They went 11-5 and last year. Not the best record they've ever had, but then they ended up winning the Super Bowl, so who cares? The Miami Dolphins, of all teams, was 7-9 and in second place. Now they have a new coach, a new QB, and a new look altogether. Buffalo Bills, 6-10 and with Josh Allen in his rookie year, and the New York Football Jets with Sam Darnold at 4-12. and A lot of second-year QBs, a lot of upbringing for those teams, and still the Patriots at the top. What's your AFC's Mary Fuck Kill? All right, let's get started with the Mary. That's the New England Patriots. Uh, honestly, they're still the team to beat in the division until they prove otherwise. Brady is still the GOAT. Belichick is still there. And until the Patriots prove that betting on them is a bad idea, I'm going to go with A, my fandom and my hometown team, and B, consistency because that is what they have been and that is what they are going to continue to do. Um, now, not having Gronk Hurts, there's no way around that. Nobody is going to replace him. McDaniels and Belichick, though, have always figured out a way to shape their offense around the players that they have. And the Pats figured out how to win without Gronk when he was missing due to injury, something that happened not too infrequently over their Super Bowl runs. They had to play without him a lot during the Super Bowl years, uh, you know, since he's been a part of that team since 2011. I think the offense this year is going to be heavier on the run with Gronk's absence and a new-looking wide receiver core. Obviously, you've got some some new names coming in there. Uh, Josh Gordon's reinstatement is helpful. Outside of that, Julian Edelman and Philip Dorsett are the only, like, known quantities in that wide receiving core. It's a bunch of no no nobody outside of that and, and, and rookies. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Um, but I think the Patriots are the consistent pick. They have to be the favorites to win this division again this year. I, I mean, I don't know how much more I need to explain no. about it than that. They're the Patriots. My fuck for this year, and it shouldn't surprise you if you've listened to the Left Coasters podcast in the past, is the Buffalo Bills. I'm high on the Bills this year, man. I really like the Bills. They returned the vast majority of their defensive starters and had a monster defensive tackle in Ed Oliver, who from everything I'm reading out of training camp, sounds like he is assimilating to that defense really, really well uh, and is going to be a big force on that already formidable Buffalo front line. I think Josh Allen is going to take a big step forward this year and we're going to continue to see the development of his relationship with Robert Foster, which we saw break out at the very end of last season. Uh, And he's got solid targets elsewhere in Zay Jones and offseason additions John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Tyler Croft. Cole Beasley, one of the best slot receivers you're going to find in the NFL, gets a lot of lineups at that position and he can do a lot of damage from there. Uh, The run game obviously is going to be questionable does shady mccoy have a comeback player of the year type season or are they going to be forced to rely on old man frank gore rookie devin singletary or former jaguar uh well current jaguar reject tj yeldon i guess i (laughs) guess i should say i like i like this team to win Possibly nine games this year. Wow. I think I look. They did it. They did it a couple years ago uh, in Sean McDermott's first year with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, and not much of an offense to speak of. I, I like the Bills. I just do. Okay. I think they're killing? feisty. I'm killing the Miami Dolphins. Um, blah, ugh, this team. I want. <laughs> I really want to see Brian Flores. I want to see him do well. I really do. I'm just not sold on Fitz Magic at the quarterback position as my week to week uh, as my week one starter or my week to week starter with Josh Rosen just kind of waiting in the wings for when Fitz inevitably throws four picks in a game and gets benched and you know then here's here's Josh Rosen having to to step in. There's just nobody who scares me on this yeah. offense. There are no names on this offense who scared me. Absolutely no one. Um, and according to ESPN, Eric Rowe is their starter. 
starting cornerback two. Um, and again, if you ever listened to this podcast, you know how I feel about Eric Rowe, former yes, Patriots cornerback Eric Rowe. He's terrible. Okay. So uh, they that should be enough evidence that this is going to be a bad team this year. Have fun with him, Miami. So you're marrying the Patriots, you're fucking the Bills, you're killing the Dolphins. Yeah, and I just, you know, I want to fuck the Jets kind of. I wanted to fuck the Jets so badly, but I just don't know if they have the goods. I think Sam See, Donald takes a thing. big step forward. The, the, yeah, I think it's all contingent on how well Le'Veon Bell and Quinn and Williams play. It's huge. The Jets put in so much money in their offseason acquisitions that it's either going to work or it's not. I will say, though, I want to know what Drew's thoughts are. I will say I'm with you on the marry. I'm with you on the kill. I would definitely fuck the Jets yeah. over the Bills. I thought, yeah, I thought you might say I that. Li- I like Sam Donald a hell of a lot more than I like Josh Allen. But, Drew, do you have any pointers on what Dangles just presented to us in the AFC East? You know, not to be a brown noser on my first episode, guys, but if I had to do that division and I didn't, I would have exactly what Mr. Dangles okay. had. Quick question. I know we all know that fantasy value doesn't uh, equate to wins in this league. Do you know who was the highest point getter in fantasy quarterbacks last year, week 12 through week 17? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Uh huh. That is a tough home field advantage for the Bills. Yes. I like the Bills this year as well, even though they have you know some senior citizens in the backfield with Shady and old man Gore. As far as Darnold, I think this is a huge year for him. It's very, it's it's kind of up in the air what he's going to do. He has all the ability in the world, but he's kind of gets loose with the with the football. Yes, he absolutely um, does. And absolutely, fuck the Dolphins. I mean, I'm sure people have been reading about the Stephen Ross stuff and Kenny Stills oh, and God, it's all Flores blasting Jay Z in practice. Like, what's going on there? Yep. Um, you know what it reminds me of the Miami situation right now? It reminds me of last year, your Detroit Lions, where Patricia came in and tried oof. to run a certain type of uh, of camp where the, the, the team wasn't ready for that yet. So the thing about the Jets is is they not only do they have a lot of new pieces, a lot of new money spent at different places, it, however you feel about Le'Veon Bell is on you, but I, I just think that that team is better coached, it's better handled, it has a better core around it, and I just like Sam Adam Donald Gase to take a Adam Gase is a first-year coach. Well, how, how, Adam I mean, Gase is 100% better than Sean McDermott. Adam Gase is an oof. offensive genius. Adam Gase Sean is McDermott is a, playoff, an, is a Adam, playoff coach. Adam Gase has never made the playoffs Adam as a head Gase, coach. Did you see Adam Gase's press conference when he had the crazy eyes? I don't eyes? understand He's an insane, what's your case listen, for Adam Gase is a better coach than Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott has the proven record. Listeners of this podcast will know I wanted Adam Gase to come over to Green Bay and become their head coach. I think Adam Gase is an offensive genius. Every time he He's at a quarterback worth his salt. He has had a very, very good offense, and I think the Jets have a very, very good offense with Sam Darnold and Gase at the helm. That's just my prediction, but that's why Dangles gave the presentation. Those are our thoughts on the AFC East. Now, we talked about earlier how we're going to be gambling. We have some gambles to make, some bets to make, but we're going to save that for the end of the podcast. They're going to be about the AFC, so if you want to make some money, listen to the end of the podcast. Now, however, we're going to move to the AFC North. Left Coasters. Now we move on to the AFC North, and that division is mine to present to the two idiots at my helm right here. Last year, the Baltimore Ravens won at 10-6 after Lamar Jackson came in and set the world on fire running the ball. Pittsburgh Steelers came in second place 9-6-1, missed the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Cleveland Browns 7-8-1 after Baker took the helm. Bengals 6-10 and 10 are returning almost everybody except Marvin Lewis. They finally fired the old man, and now they hired someone who, as much as I know about the NFL, I know nothing about their new head coach, which is why it's the easiest thing in the world for me to kill the Cincinnati Bengals. I think, gentlemen, that the Cincinnati Bengals are the worst team in the NFL. That This has given away one of my bets later, but I think Cincinnati is the worst team in the NFL. It's an easy kill. I am going to marry, however, the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Losing Antonio Brown is huge. Losing Le'Veon Bell is huge. They replaced Le'Veon Bell with James Conner pretty evenly last year. Replacing Antonio Brown's a bigger question mark. Yes, they have Juju, but Juju's now getting the ones. Now he's getting the double coverage. They don't got to worry about Antonio Brown. The thing I trust about Pittsburgh, though, they find wide receivers everywhere. They draft them early, they develop them, and then they unleash them. And they have two guys right now, young guys, that are going to be picking up the slack and I think will fit that Juju role. And I think Juju's good enough to play with the ones and have a successful season. I don't think I'd draft him fantasy-wise because I think he's going to get a lot more focus of the defense. But as for winning football games, I think Pittsburgh's offense stays the same. That defense has only gotten younger, faster, and more hard-hitting. Losing Ryan Shazier really hurt that team a few years ago, but they have spent draft capital on young guys who are filling that position in this new wave NFL with hard-hitting, strong, big safety-type players, and they have them. They are scary on defense. And like Dangle said with the Patriots, I will stick with New England and Tom Brady until they're dead. I have been on this boat I have been cashing the checks for almost 20 years now. I'm never getting off. You're never going to see me pull a Max Kellerman and say Brady is done. I will be gladly be wrong when I'm finally wrong with the Patriots. I feel the same way about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just wins football games. Every year they win this division almost on cue, and I still think the culture is there for them to win this year. Everyone loves the Cleveland Browns. I like the Cleveland Browns too. Baker Mayfield's going to be on fire. Odell Beckham's in town. He's going to have a Randy Moss-type season. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they're going to be all over the place on offense. They're still the Cleveland Browns, and they're still Baker Mayfield year two. Yes, he did great, but he made some mistakes too. What scares me the most about Cleveland and why I'm fucking them, because they're sexy. Cleveland's sexy as shit. They're the hottest girl I'm going to take home tonight. I'm fucking Cleveland for sure. But Freddie Kitchens makes me a little bit nervous. First-time head coach, barely an offensive coordinator before getting this job. I don't know how he'll be able to handle the pressure of actually being in the spotlight and under that under the gun for Cleveland. So, marrying Pittsburgh, fucking Cleveland, killing Cincy, what do you guys think? Well, the defensive uh, replacement that you spoke of about draft picks, that's a guy named Devin Bush. And if you listen to this podcast all year, you'll know that I am a uh, I bleed maize and blue for the Michigan Wolverines. Yes. I had the privilege of watching him for three years. He is a combination of Clay Matthews and Troy Palomalu. He is nasty. I think he'll step in right away, be the center point and the vocal point of that defense. He's going to have a big year and maybe a little teaser for one of my player prop bets later. Now, uh, I couldn't agree more with you about fucking the Browns. They are sexy. They have the most Super Bowl future tickets in Vegas right now. Yes. Everyone's all over Baker Mayfield. And let's not forget, last year, they unlocked the fridge to get a first win, all right? Yes. So... You have to learn how to win. I know they have Odell. I know they have Chubb. I think one person that's not talked about in that team is Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett has the potential to be a superstar this year. Yeah. But I do. I, I want to see it first. Yeah. And the team that we didn't speak of is the Baltimore Ravens. You really can't forget about them. I can forget about them. The reason why I didn't – sorry to interrupt you, Daniels, but the reason why I didn't want to fuck the uh, Baltimore Ravens is because of Lamar Jackson, to me – uh, he can't throw the ball still. Nothing has changed in that offense that he cannot throw the ball. Well, and that's I think that is sort of what you would have to predicate any uh, faith that you have in the Ravens on is whether it, it, the, whether or not you believe the Ravens are going to be a good team this year is based on whether you personally think that Lamar Jackson is going to take a step forward as yeah. a passer or not. We've already seen what he can do with his legs. You know that he's an improviser. You know that the guy can get out of the pocket. You know he's going to end up trying to you know make something out of nothing. You got to you got to you know, play. You got to play contains on your defensive ends. Pretty much anytime you're on the field with him, always have a spy on the field. That kind of thing. Um, I personally think Lamar Jackson is going to take a 
step forward as a passer okay. because because there was such a focus on how bad a passer he was last yeah. year. And I think he knows that probably better than anybody. I, I'm not saying I disagree with you about the Steelers because ultimately I think they probably are going to win the division and I think consistency probably reigns and I'm going to trust Mike Tomlin as far as he's going to continue to take his team. And yeah. the Steelers, as David DeCastro I read in a quote said the other day in camp, we're still the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, exactly. You know, and until we, to your point, until we prove otherwise, you know, I think you can you can bet on them. But would it shock me to see the Ravens win the division again? Absolutely not. The wow. addition of Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram is huge. It's going to be big in that backfield. They still have Marlon Humphrey in that defense. Yes, they lose C.J. Mosley, but the vast majority of everyone else is coming back. I think they're still con- uh, contenders very much. One thing to remember about the Baltimore Ravens too, and who kn- this this might not even come to fruition this season. They drafted a kid out of Penn State named Trace McSorley, mm-hmm. who has been very, very good in the preseason, mm-hmm. and he can sling a little bit. Yeah. Just watch out for him, too. Potentially. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Okay, so I got uh, Pittsburgh to marry, Cleveland to fuck, and the killing the woeful Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, let's move on now to the AFC South. Left Coasters. All right, now quickly jumping over to the AFC South, marry, fuck, kill, divisional preview on the left coasters podcast dangles this is your division again so the afc south last year was won by the texans at 11 and 5 11 and 5 the texans went the colts not to be not to be thrown away went 10 and 6 winning a lot of games late 6 and 2 at home to sneak their way into the playoffs the tennessee titans 9 and 7 under mike vrabel and marcus mariota marcus mariota big year this year big year to decide whether he's an nfl quarterback or not and finally last place 5 and 11 jacksonville jaguars after making a huge run in the playoffs the year before they fell apart new qb mr nick Foles, super bowl big dick nick himself is in town <laughs> marry fuck kill the afc south and your soft heart for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, yeah. Well, let's see how this goes. I'm marrying the Indianapolis Colts to get started with. I really like this team this year. I am confident in them. I I, I, I think I think they're going to be really good. They return 21 of their 22 starters to a team that beat the AFC South champion Houston Texans in the wildcard round of last year's playoffs. And they used seven of their 10 draft picks to shore up the one thing that everyone always says they can't do, play defense. They spent seven draft picks on getting defensive players. They had the defensive rookie of the year last year in Darius Leonard, who by all accounts is going to come back and have another monster year this year. He's a young stud, and I think he just continues to get better. I love Frank Reich in his second season. I feel good about the Colts. I like them to win this division this year. You mentioned my soft heart for the Jags. (laughs) I am going to fuck the Jacksonville Jaguars (laughs) this year. Yeah, you know, this was a tough one. Um, I think consistent QB play is going to elevate this team back towards where they were in 2017, and there is reason to be optimistic with the reunion of Nick Foles and New Jags offensive coordinator John DeFilippo, who as some of you may know, was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia when Nick Foles took the Eagles to the Super Bowl that year. So he's reuniting with the guy that helped him get that Super Bowl. I feel like that's got to be a good sign, right? Uh, the defense returns the vast majority of its starters. They add Josh Allen to an edge rushing, uh, to their edge rushing cadre of people and a defensive line that already has a fearsome pass rush. Uh, although they will be missing middle linebacker Telvin Smith. He's decided to step away from the game this year. That's a big loss for them. Uh, I've said it before. Uh, the Jaguars were in the AFC title game two years ago with Blake Bortles, Blake mm. Bortles. at quarterback, and they lost by just four to the Patriots in a game that many think, if you're a Jaguars fan, they should have won because Miles Jack wasn't down. Yep. So, uh, my two concerns, however, are at the running back and wide receiver positions. Can Leonard Fournette stay healthy and focused? And will a breakout wide receiver emerge in the core of Marquise Lee, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark, 
Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, Terrell Pryor. There's a lot of names in that wide receiving core. I've been hearing good things out of training camp about um, D.D. Westbrook and yep. Nick Foles' um, uh, rapport. We'll see how that goes. I'm killing the Tennessee Titans Yeah, I think that's easy. Uh, the addition of offensive weapons like Adam Humphreys and A.J. Brown is very good, and Saffold, too. Uh, Roger Saffold, former Los Angeles Ram, but I think consistency is going to remain an issue with the quarterback position. Mariota's been consistently fine and occasionally good with flashes of greatness that you'd expect out of the second over overall yep. pick in the draft, but I, I did some digging on Mar- Mariota. Despite his 60-plus percent completion percentage in each season of his career, he's never thrown for more than 3,500 yards, and in his last two seasons, he's thrown just 24 touchdowns total. That's two less than he did in his best year of his career, which was 2016, when he threw 26 of them. There were 15 quarterbacks. It's almost half the league who threw more touchdowns in 2018 than Mariota has over his last two seasons. Not good. No. They also have a brand new offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith is his name, and he's in his first coordinator job after being promoted from tight end coach. Yeah. I just... I just worry about the consistency of it all. I, uh, I I'm there with you on Tennessee. I know I, uh, you are going to agree disagree on the Texans. I figure quick, you would fuck the Texans, well, Tony. I just want to say before before you say anything, Drew. I'm there with you on Tennessee. Uh, I think the or on this division as a whole, I think this division is the biggest coin flip out of all of them. Absolutely. Out of AFC and NFC, I think this really the even biggest, more than the NFC South. Oh, 100. percent I think this is the division is the biggest coin flip out of all of them. Um, I will say I'm fine with you fucking the Jaguars. I would have fucked the Texans just because they've proven it for me. Drew, sure. what do you want to say? The Jaguars is the one team I literally believe they have an eight-win radius, meaning I think they could win four games. Yes. I think they could win I 12 games. I completely agree with you. I, I just don't know because Nick Foles, obviously a nice addition, but he doesn't have that big dick magic as he did in Philly. We'll see. And Fournette, Coughlin, who knows where that's going to go. Philly, Philly's, but their defense is world-class. Philly's offense had much more pieces than this Jacksonville offense has. And, and, and True. I, and I think Nick Foles is a winner. But there's youth there. There's youth yes. in the Jaguars offense, which is kind of what I like about it is there's players who can be molded. You had some older guys, some veterans on that offense, the Eagles offense that won the Super Bowl that year. I think I just I, this is just me, and again, you know, I just think they're due for a breakout. We've seen what they can do. The Texans could very well prove me wrong. Nine out of the last ten years, the Texans or the Colts have won the AFC South. Nine out of the yeah, last ten years. I really like and, the Texans. And the Texans drafted two offensive linemen to help with the biggest issue they had last season, which was protecting Deshaun Watson. Yes. Uh, and 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 the other thing they have they struggle with often is that their wide receivers are never healthy. DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt fairly frequently. Will Fuller's on and off the field. Kiki yep. QT was. Was hurt last year. Yep. These are all players who have shown excellent. Uh, well, DeAndre Hopkins goes without saying, but Will Fuller has a great rapport with Deshaun Watson, and Kiki QT broke out last year. Yep. They, if they stay healthy, the Texans could very well be good. I'm just this was sort of a this was a, I'm just putting my money behind the Jaguars. I believe in I'm, them. I know this franchise, and I think they're going to win. I'm with you, Drew, on this eight win thing though, because I have a feeling about that for a particular NFC team, which we'll talk about in the next podcast. But there's definitely that feeling, like I they could you could give me any record for them, and I wouldn't be surprised. I would never touch their season win total because I just don't know. Yeah, and and very and, excited and, to see. And Marone's on the hot seat; he's got to perform. Oh yeah, I think very much. I think oh, absolutely. I think he could potentially be if they tank out this year, he could be gone before the season's over. Yeah, as much as I hate to say it, as a Syracuse guy, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was gonna before we move on to the AFC West, I did want to say like this AFC South is a coin flip, but for me, you said Indy could make it out of the AFC East. For me, I think the AFC is so much worse than the NFC. I think there's. Two, there's a top-heavy division uh, conference with two teams in the Patriots and the Chiefs I think are clearly above the rest. Other than that, it's a crapshoot. I think Indy could go up there. I think Houston could go up there, Pittsburgh. But also, I could see an 8-8 eight and eight team coming into the playoffs because the rest of the conference is that bad. But 
Coin flip. Dangles has given his piece. There's only one more division left before we do our best bets, and that's Drew's first division. Let's jump over to the AFC West. Left Coasters. And here we go to the AFC West, where we had a tie atop the division last year with two 12-4 teams. The Kansas City Chiefs won the division on a tiebreaker. The Los Angeles Chargers were 12-4 as well, and a very exciting run for old man Phil Rivers. The Denver Broncos were 6-10 and, and, and got rid of everybody. They have a new QB, Joe Flacco. Super Bowl winner Joe Flacco is now playing in Denver. And finally, the Hard Knocks fan favorite, Antonio Brown's new team. The cold-footed Oakland Raiders were 4-12 and, and are now playing their last year before they move to Vegas. Knock on wood if you're with me. Drew, what do we have for the AFC West? All right, boys. First one feels good. Well, this may not come as a surprise to many, but of course I'm marrying the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? They were a D Ford fingernail away from going to the Super Bowl last year. And they addressed that. They got Steve Spagnolio, great former defense coordinator for the New York Giants, and they added the Honey Badger, one of my favorite yep. players in the NFL, as well as the Michigan Wolverine, Frank Clark, to come off the edge. I think their defense will be improved. It won't be a top 10 defense by any stretch, but I don't think it matters. Uh, if you want to, of course, people want to talk about Patty Mahomes regressing. He might not throw for 50 touchdowns this year, but guess what? I don't really care. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, regardless of, uh, I think it might be a black eye later on in the NFL season that he didn't get suspended for a game. Everything I read about the situation is awful, but yep. the fact he actually didn't get suspended obviously is a huge advantage. He's a top five threat in the NFL at yep. any time. And what I thought was interesting is they actually drafted a burner that has been turning heads in training camp named McCole. Hardman, mm -hmm. and you throw him, you got Kelsey, you got Damian Williams. I think he's ready to be the bell cow this year. Clearly, I'm marrying the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Who am I fucking? Well, no one loves fucking more of the NFL than Phillip Rivers. He has 17 kids. Yeah. I got to fuck the Los Angeles Chargers. Regardless of the Gordon situation, they're obviously super talented. Yeah. They are basically play 16 road games. They don't have a home field advantage. Yeah. I don't think they even care. I fully expect them to coast to 10 to 11 wins grab a five seed and prompt promptly probably get blown out in the first round by the new england patriots yeah who am i killing well have we been watching hard knocks guys <laughs> yes <laughs> have we been watching hard knocks <laughs> yes okay so when they signed antonio brown like i know like the whole thing with the steelers was kind of you know oh he's kind of weird i mean this guy's certifiable the thing with him stretching and staring at the camera i'm fucking the enemy state and the drip drip and the and i just i don't buy in this and here's a fun fact guys the Raiders have a home game on September 15th, then they have a bye, then they go to London. They don't have another home game until November 3rd what? against my Detroit Lions. That's true. That's insane. They don't have a home game. They don't have a home game in Oakland from September 15th to November 3rd. Oh, my goodness. They travel 3,000 more miles in the air than any other team oh this year. They have six road games at uh, 10 a.m. West Coast time. Six road games. Oh, no. Now, you'll learn in this podcast, betting West Coast teams on a 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. body clock is not profitable. No. They have six games. And plus, they have Antonio Brown, Vontes Perfect, Richie Incognito. What could go wrong? <laughs> and this is my last point. I think Gruden obviously unloaded Amari Cooper, unloading Khalil Mack. He knows this is the last year in Oakland. He knows they're going to a brand new sparkling stadium in las vegas this this could turn quick on them and that black hole could turn into hell hole for them uh -huh. if we we also happened in the 90s with the browns yeah the last year in cleveland i think this could go south fast i could i think they could use this year to develop their youngsters and not worry about it i am 
killing the Oakland Raiders. Wow, I like that. I like that a lot. You just put a bucket of water on the fire that Hard Knocks always mm. sets underneath yeah, it us. Yeah, really, it really does. Well, you know, it was easy last year to get up on the hype with the Browns. Yeah. They stunk. Because like, yeah. what do you have to lose by, by buying in on them? If they stink, then they're just as bad as everybody that, else. That, that road stuff really put my mind in a blender there. I, didn't, I did not know that about the Oakland Raiders. Now, I will ask you this, Drew, before me and Dangos pick you on it. Oakland Raiders, you say they're not going to win a lot of games, but fantasy-wise, that offense seems to be uh, to be loaded with new players, even Josh Jacobs as a rookie. Do you think this – like, uh, Derek Carr, for me, was two steps away from an MVP a few seasons ago, and I think he's still a very good quarterback, second year in Gruden's system. Do you think this team has any good things going forward, or do you think it's an absolute shit show for Oakland this year? No, absolutely not. I, I think this team is where they want to be, development, uh, developmental-wise. Is that yeah. right, developmental? Yeah, good enough. Uh, <laughs> good enough. Um, I do think they have pieces. I like Josh Jacobs obviously the job in the first round one thing that i'm going to watch for this year is Derek carr he's three years left on his contract yeah. but a little thing in his contract i looked up he's got a 7.5 million dollar buyout if that team goes bad there's a guy from alabama named tua that i think gruden might like i'm yeah. curious i'm not convinced that car is the future there mm. um i do think I, I i do like josh jacobs and listen ab regardless if he's on the field he's going to perform yeah he's an absolute monster I just am dumbfounded by his behavior at Hard Knocks. Um, I don't really get it. The whole, I mean, it seems like if you went from last year in Pittsburgh, all the drama, all the nonsense, it seems like you'd be on your best behavior. And I think he's just doing opposite of that. I think Gruden and and, and uh, Mayock are putting on a good face. Yo, but they definitely it, are. It, it, it seems I, like a disaster. We could talk about Hard Knocks for a long, long time, but I think I think AB is doing this on purpose. I think he's trying to make a brand for himself, and I don't think it's going the way he thought it would go. You know what I mean? Drew, and you can see the little Hard Knocks clips of his agent, Drew. Uh, Rosenhaus. He, the stuff that Drew says, I've never heard an agent speak that way. He's I've never heard an agent give you the tail of the tape on how bad things are going. Usually agents are all snowflakes and butterflies. No, he's telling you, like, I have no idea what's going on, essentially, is what Drew wrote. So Oakland's in a, in a pit. Dangles, do you have anything to say about marrying the Chiefs, fucking the Chargers, and uh, killing the Raiders? No, actually, I, th- I think that's probably the, the way to go. I mean, the Broncos are a big question mark, obviously. With the, I think, again, it depends on their quarterback play. We've seen you know some good streak out of their defense i think bradley chubb takes a step forward this year i think you know i don't think you'd be dumb to bet on von miller potentially to lead the league in sacks necessarily I, this I, year you know what i mean but uh, I, I would i if i had to attack you at all drew i'd say i would not fuck the chargers i'm a little bit worried about this chargers team derwin james is now out till november melvin gordon does not seem to be playing and i, I mean phil is only one year older this looks like a team that could surprise some people and i say it every year the past three years i've been rooting for this team i might as well get a tattoo i think the denver broncos are a scary football team this year i don't think they're a 10 win team I think they're a wild card contender, though. I like Joe Flacco. I don't think he's great, but I think he can win you football games. I love Vic Fangio. Love Vic Fangio. Everything I've read has basically verified that Vance Joseph was a terrible football coach. Yes. We've all seen what happens when a good football coach takes over average team. Yeah. Dangles knows how much I love Denver. I do. For some, reason, I do. For some reason, I fucking love Denver. I, but yeah, I, I'm down on Denver. I almost made them as one of my best bets, which is what we're going to get to next, folks. I'm very excited about these best bets. Right after the break, I'll explain it all to you. Left Coasters, though. Left Coasters. Okay, folks, there's a reason we're rebranding the Left Coasters podcast. Right now, we're looking to become the Left Coast Gamblers. We are here 
to not you guys have heard me if you've listened to the podcast before i gamble on the nfl i love doing it i love putting my money where my mouth is and more often than not i've done pretty well gambling especially the past two years drew himself i talk to him all the time off air he's a good friend of mine he gambles as well we love looking at the nfl and not only gambling what we think will happen but finding the inefficiencies in the lines out there the lines that we think we're smarter than and capitalizing on those gains liabilities we baby. are here for you guys listening at home we throughout the season are going to be making our own bets with our own money and have a game between the three of us but today is focused on helping the listener out the nfl seasons is about to begin you've just heard our thoughts on all of the afc teams and now we're going to sit here and tell you we have favorite bets for all these different categories that i will go through in a second and we are going to tell you how to make money before the nfl season begins if you believe in the host if you believe what we are saying go to your account your bookie right now and throw the money on the bets we are about to give you dangles however is joining us in this endeavor. Dangles is a football head. You've heard him. He knows his shit, but he is not the world's biggest gambler. He is sort of setting his foot in here, and me and Drew are dragging him along. So if Dangles is ready to make some bets on the NFL season, and he has ideas on it, he's gone through it as well. So we have a new person, a new gambler in the face of Dangles, and we have two veterans and me and Drew, and us together are going to give you right now some best bets for the season that you, it would behoove you to capitalize on these bets. We're going to each give you an NFL team over in the AFC, meaning they're going to get more wins than the number that Vegas has. We are each going to give you an NFL team under in the AFC. We are each going to give you a team prop bet, which are all over the place, and we'll explain those when we get there. We're each going to give you a player prop bet. This is all about predicting the future. This is all about grabbing the plus money, and this is all about finding the inefficiencies and making Vegas pay you. First things first, NFL team over. Every year Vegas sets a line. They say this team is going to win X amount of games. Do you think it's going to be more? Do you think it's going to be less? We have found you three overs right now. We're going to go to Diggity Dangles first to give us the first AFC NFL over. All right, let's see if I can do this right. Uh, my over is going to be the Texans over 8.5 at plus 105 for the season. Okay. Uh, I think that's kind of safe. You know, the, I, I like the Texans to win 9 or 10 games this year. I think that's feasible. Yes. I, again, I didn't choose them in, in any role in my in my breakdown of the AFC South, but I like the Texans. They yes. are consistent. Deshaun Watson can win games. J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney are going to rack up sacks for you. They're going to hassle opposing quarterbacks. You're going to get that out of them. Yeah. So I like the Texans uh, to come together and win. Uh, nine games at least this year at plus 105. I think that's good money. My over-under bet for this uh, for this year in the AFC is Houston, over 8.5 at 105. I took the same exact bet. I think the same exact thing. I think if you're going to go with a consistent team, the numbers are there. Houston, at worst, is an 8-8 eight and eight team in my mind. I'm banking on them being a, a winning team. Over 8.5, plus 105. We got two on the Houston bandwagon. Drew, who do you have for your over? Nobody circles the wagons like the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Mr. Dangles, my man. I got the Buffalo Bills over 7.5 at plus. I looked at this line. At plus 116. Here's a fun stat for the Buffalo Bills. They have the best, one of the best home field advantages in the game. Uh-huh. Now, oh, no doubt. Now, they have obviously they host their, their division opponents. They have the Eagles and the Pats coming to their place. All six other home games, they will be favored. I've looked at the look-ahead lines. They'll be favored in all six games. And the two away games, they can make that up. They go to New York Football Giants. They go to the Tennessee Titans. I like him. I'm buying the Josh Allen stack. I think that's a 500 team at worst. Maybe even sneak up the nine wins. Buffalo Bills plus 116 over seven and a half. Okay, we got two overs for Houston over eight and a half at plus 105. We have an over for the Buffalo Bills seven and a half at plus 116. Let's now go to the NFL AFC 
unders, and I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first because I have this line at under seven. Under seven wins, it's a little bit different. Now, you've already told me that uh, uh, the only other person to score more points in Week 12 to Week 17 as an NFL quarterback was 2012 Michael Vick. Josh Allen lit the world on fire in fantasy. And all this hype is coming into Buffalo Bills and being the winners that they are. They're going to win games. Josh Allen's the real deal. And my question to all of you, all the talking heads saying it, and to the man to the right of me, Drew Schrafer Crookston, did you guys watch any of the Buffalo Bills last year? At what point? Yeah, they're of in the, my division. <laughs> at what point of the Buffalo Bills season did you say, you know what, that team and that quarterback is going to be a 500 team next year? Nobody said that. Nobody said that. All these fantasy stats that are coming out are true. Josh Allen set the world on fire running the ball as a quarterback. Well, fantasy Josh, in the NFL are very different things. Josh Allen could not find the bar- broadside of a fucking barn when he was throwing the ball. And he doesn't. you can tell me Cole Beasley and John Brown are players. The reason why Cole Beasley and John Brown and Buffalo Bills is because their other teams didn't want him anymore. Cole Beasley is old. John Brown has flamed out his last three spots. I, LaShawn McCoy and Frank fucking Gore is running backs. I am so off the Buffalo Bills bandwagon that I am, this is my easiest bet that I had to make. I'm not even saying that because you just said you took the Buffalo over. This was the first bet I wrote down, Buffalo under seven. I found it at seven at plus 105. Couldn't believe it was plus money. There wow. is no chance in hell that Buffalo is a 500 team. They are at best a seven and nine team. At best a seven and I nine team. I disagree with you. And I, I am pushing with that bet. Buffalo under seven is my pick. So you listening at home. I wouldn't bet Buffalo because <laughs> you got one guy saying one thing and one guy saying the other. But that's why we do this podcast. You got to figure it out. Now, do you guys want to retort me at all or do you want to move on to your unders? Yeah, what I'll say about the Bills is this their defense is real. Yeah, you're going to have to score it, on You it, have to score it, on it, It's them. a top 10 defense. They get the weather. Ravens are a playoff team last year, right? Week one, the Bills come out and absolutely fucking drub them. It was like 40-7 to was the final of that game. This team has a real defense. Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, Michael, uh, Micah Hyde. Those are just three of the names in the in the secondary. Uh, the Edmonds kid. Um, Edmonds uh, kid. Uh, Tremaine, uh, uh, tr- is it Tremaine or Terrell? I think it's Tremaine, I think it's Tremaine Edmonds who's on, who's, who's on the Bills. It's like a six-foot, five, 230 linebacker. You can't teach that shit. Like, you Lorenzo. Oliver. Lorenzo Alexander, Ed Oliver is the addition. This defense is going to be, you saw, you don't have to have a killer offense to make the playoffs in this league. The Jacksonville Jaguars did it two years ago. They went to the yeah. AFC Championship game with a shite offense. Listen, so if, I, if, I, I, if, I think you should have a little more faith in the Bills, but and Dango, they are the Bills and no one circles and the Dango, Let's like not them. forget, I'm not betting them to make the playoffs. No, no, I'm no, betting no. them to win eight games. Yep. I agree. That's it. Yep. I'm not. I think they're going to suck, no, but we'll no. see who's right at the end of the season. Dangles, you're the last one to give us the AFC under before we move on. AFC under uh, is the, uh, for me, the Dolphins. Uh, I'm going under four and a half wins plus 110. I hate the Dolphins Dude, this year. Dude, it's really no, hard to. I don't, no, I don't. I think the Dolphins are going to be the first overall pick in the draft wow, next okay. year. Again, they have no one on offense. Yeah. Let's look at their skill positions. Yeah. It's Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Their running back is Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balage, who, yeah. who stinks. They <laughs> They've got Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills as their wide receivers. Neither of those guys. Kenny Stills runs one route, and Devontae Parker can't stay healthy. Yeah. Mike Gesicki is their fucking t- Like Nobody on this offense scares me. Their offensive line is the best part of their offense. Yeah. This team is not going to win Under four, four games. Wow, they're not going to win. Well, they're not going to win five games. All I need them to do is win four. Yeah, that's, that's fine with that's... me. Four and 12, that's easy for okay. the Dolphins this year. That's easy money. All right, I'm sorry, Drew. I walked over you. What do you have for your under? Well, I may have... Uh hinted towards it but my easy under for the AFC is our dear Oakland Raiders okay under six at minus 115 you already heard my reasoning yep. six 
road games <laughs> at a 1 p.m. Eastern start time. That is crazy. <laughs> That's tough. No That's home so game tough. in two and a half months. I just think under six, I think this is a breezy bet. Under six, minus 115. Okay. okay, to recap for our unders, I took under Buffalo, under seven, plus 105. Dangles had Miami, under four and a half. That's a, that's a, that's a big ass, but he thinks he's going to be I the worst team in the it. league. And uh, uh, Drew has Oakland under six as well. Let's move on to the team prop, the team future bets. These ones are big. We're going to just – the, the – the whole entire world is at our fingertips right now. You're just predicting something to have to do with the team. Is one of them going to win the Super Bowl? One of them going to win the division? One of them going to win this? My bet is uh, I kind of gave it away early. I do not think Miami is the worst team in the league. I actually think Cincinnati Bengals are the worst team in the league. And for them to get the first overall pick next year, they are plus 900. Plus 900 to get the first overall pick. And I think I see two with Tagliavoa in a Bengals uniform easy as pie. I don't like their head coach. I don't like that A.J. Green's missing time. I'm not a Tyler Boyd believer. I'm not a Joe Mixon believer. And I really think Andy Dalton is on his last legs. I think since he's the worst team in the league at plus 900, that's my team prop. I love that prop, by the way. I've not seen that. I love that. Yep. Uh, Dangles, what do you got for your team prop? My AFC team prop is the Ravens to win the North at plus 275. Okay. I like that at plus 275. Okay. I do think the, that the Steelers are probably going to win, but this team won the division last year. I think they're good enough to do it again this year, potentially. They Again, they return most of their starters. I think I personally think that Lamar Jackson takes a step forward as a passer. You don't have to agree with me. You're entitled to your opinion. Um, <laughs> I think Mark Ingram fills a big hole for them in the running game that they just haven't had. Yeah. Uh, and and you know I I just I, I like the team I think it's well coached okay. I think they have they're disciplined and um you know yeah I, I like them at plus two seventy five to win the North okay once again I don't mean to pick <laughs> on my on my research from my Mary fuck kill I like Kansas City Chiefs to win the AFC at four to one okay I think this team is hungry from last year's epic meltdown overtime loss the NFC yep. Championship. I think Patty Mahomes, if he regresses, it won't be much. I think their defense has improved. And I think this is the year where Andy Reid finally makes it happen in January. Wow. I think they're going to the Super Bowl 4-1 to Kansas City Chiefs. So that is not to be the best team in the AFC, but that's to be the final team in the NFC, That correct? is to win the AFC yeah. to go to the Super Bowl at 4-1. to Wow. Okay, so we got already we got our first Super Bowl uh, prediction over here. We're going to do our full playoff and Super Bowl prediction in our Week 1 show. We're going to give you who we think is going to make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl in our predictions in the Week 1 show. This is all about the gambles. That's what you've heard for the team props. The last ones we're going to do are the player props, the individual props. Maybe we got a Rookie of the Year. Maybe we got an MVP. I'll tell you what I have early because I know these two aren't going to like it based on what they've said already but I looked at this one and it's only on my bookie right now I don't use my bookie as my gambling site but that's where I got all these lines from and they had a very interesting bet on there that I could not wrap my head around this one Josh Rosen Josh Rosen who I believe will be the week one starter in Miami it hasn't been announced yet Josh Rosen will have more wins on the season than Kyler Murray and that Mm. line is plus 200 Mm. here's my thinking We talked about this. I mentioned it earlier. I am looking for the inefficiencies in the lines. In my opinion, Arizona and Miami are the same crappy team. I don't think there's good players on either side that can make these teams win a lot of games. The only difference is the quarterback, Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen. Kyler's a rookie. Josh Rosen might as well be a rookie with his new team. If you take the two quarterbacks out of it, in my opinion, it's a coin flip on who wins more games. So I'm looking at this now. If I'm getting plus 200 on one side, I'm going to take the side where I have plus money on what essentially to me is a coin flip flip battle on who wins more games i'm taking a guess i'm taking josh rosen plus 200 two to one to have more wins than kyla murray 
Dangles, mm. what do you got for a player prop? Man, that's interesting. Uh, my player prop uh, for the AFC is Le'Veon Bell to lead the league in rushing at plus 1,300. What? 13 to wow. 1 odds what? for a Le'Veon Bell. Look, dude, this guy is not that far removed from almost a 1,300-yard rushing You're season. You're right. Exactly right? two years, like, to be exact, because he didn't say, play last year. Yeah, exactly. So the year before the year before that, he ran for almost 1,300 yards. This guy is uh, uh, an absolute threat. We've seen him run. Uh, I, I just, I, look, I, I don't know what to expect from him a lot of this a lot of this is going off of the past and and i i would even argue there's no uh, there's no opportunity for recency bias here because i haven't seen him play any you're right so so that's phased out but at 13 to 1 odds for a guy like Le'Veon bell who is on an offense that if they don't get their passing game off the ground like if robbie anderson doesn't come out as more than a deep threat and they can't get quincy and unwa and 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 chris herndon and whoever the hell else is in that wide receiving core to come together then Le'Veon bell is going to be seeing a lot of carries out of the backfield. See, to me, though, with an Adam Gase offense, he is much more focused on the short passing game. So I see Le'Veon Bell... But how Bell, do you... Maybe oh, it'll be more of a check down yeah, and I catching see, more I stuff Le'Veon, in the flats. I see Le'Veon I've, Bell absolutely being involved in the offense, but I see him a lot in a short passing game. I just not don't see much, how you have... All-purpose yards, sure. Rushing uh, yeah, yards, I'm not... Sure, all-purpose yards, but still, I just don't see how, as a head coach, you have a weapon like, like Le'Veon. Le'Veon Bell and don't don't run with it's just like if you have if you have a giant cannon on your ship and, you're and probably going to fire it at other shit me thinking you of know? this me thinking of the, the the players in that in that conference right now you know Alvin Kamara's over there Zeke's over there we're talking about the, just the AFC there's not a lot of big names in the AFC I could see Bell taking it that's good money that's that's a big 13 odds. to 1 again 13 to 1 odds for a guy like Le'Veon Bell yeah. to lead the league in rushing I don't hate it you, oh it's lead the league to lead the to lead, to lead the NFL the in rushing uh, yes okay now I'm out now, I'm now out. you're out. Now I'm out with Gurley, with Zeke, with Saquon, with all those guys. If it was just the AFC, I could think about it. But if it's if it's 1300 to lead the league, I don't know if he does that. But hey, that that's your bet. That's what you put your money bet. on. The last bet of the evening, Drew. We give it to you. Your player prop for the AFC. This is my favorite bet. Don't call me a homer because I've read <laughs> everything in this preseason. My best bet, Devin Bush to win the defensive rookie of the year. Wow. Starting linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm telling you right now, boys, the guy is a wrecking ball. He goes east to west better than anyone I ever saw. That is a bold pick with all the edge rushers that came off the board early this year in the draft. He's eight to one. I'm going to even up the ante. I not only think he's going to be the defensive rookie of the year, I think he's going to make the Pro Bowl. I'm that confident. This dude is going to step in. He has a tenacity for football i'm sure we all remember last year during the michigan michigan state game when he shoved his cleats in the logo yeah boy did that fire me up <laughs> devin bush look for the dreadlocks he's the man okay okay that's some big bet right there i like these player props we got a lot more interesting in that one and that wraps us up for the AFC preview. The AFC preview. Football is almost here, ladies and gentlemen. We will be giving the NFC preview out later on in the week. We will also have our week one show coming to you Tuesday, September 3rd. Tuesday, September 3rd is our week one show. We, de- we debut all of our usual games, Gravestones, the Pick'em Challenge, and a new Best Bet Challenge. That'll come Tuesday, September 3rd. NFC preview coming later this week, and then it's off to the races, folks. We're here all the way into the Super Bowl with a Thursday morning show every week of the NFC. NFL year. We are here to make you money. You have been listening to the Left Coasters podcast and season one of the Left Coast Gamblers. For Tony Cavallo, Matt D'Angelo Antonio, and the new, improved, needs a nickname, Drew Schaefer Crookston. Thank you boys for being here. And I'm not going to lie, we've signed off every year with the same sign-off slogan. And if you think I'm changing that, you're an idiot. So, 
Without further ado, Ramen. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!